Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. You know, it was just about a week ago, I was listening to some of the archives from last week, that I said something, we were talking about the uh, the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, mm-hmm. FLDS. We're talking about how the government in Texas had stolen their children from them, over 400 of their children from them. And I, I don't have an update on that case tonight, but what I had said in relationship to that was I had paraphrased and actually rephrased part, uh, Pastor Martin Niemöller's famous quote, from World War II, first they came for the communists, well, first they came for the FLDS, then they came for, and I didn't know what was going to be next at that time last week, but now I do. Did you hear about the new religious sect that is under attack, no. Mark? Oh, you haven't got caught wind of this one yet. Well, according to abcnews.com, three teenagers have been removed from a remote New Mexico compound run by a self-described messiah in a new case involving a religious sect and allegations of sex abuse. The three teens, a 16-year-old boy, a 16-year-old girl, and a 13-year-old girl, were taken into custody over a three-day period starting April 22nd. They'd been living at a comp or they'd been living at a compound called Strong City, home to the Lord of Our Righteousness Church. According to the public safety bureaucrat in New Mexico, he said the state police are investigating what has happened there. They were there to make sure that the kids were safely removed and that there was no trouble. Well, there was no trouble, by the way, before the state showed up, just to let you know. These young people here are old enough, certainly old enough, to be able to make decisions for themselves. Certainly the oldest. 16, 16, and 13. Uh, they're certainly old enough to comprehend what's going on in their lives. It's not like you know they're four-year-olds being molested by some guy calling himself Jesus here. So what's happening? Well, we'll get, get you the details. Uh, I want the details, man. Spokes bureaucrat for the state's Children, Youth, and Families Department said that the state is looking into the best options for the children. She says, we have three children in custody. The information we have is there are other young adults residing at the compound. Child welfare officials will work with the district attorney as the criminal investigation continues. Uh, We're continuing a thorough assessment. We did receive information alleging inappropriate contact with minors on the compound. Cerna, the bureaucrat, would not say who provided her department with the tip, but she said it came from a very reliable source. So right now, you've got a very similar situation here where another anonymous tip has come into the government and or if they know who it is, they're not revealing who it is. So to us, it's an anonymous tip that's come into the government about inappropriate sexual contact. As a result, they've gone in and they've, again, in a completely different situation, a completely different religion, in a totally different place, taken people's children from them. From a child protective standpoint, she said, our concern is the parental role where the parents, either by neglect or active participation, abandon or neglected a child. It's not the first time police have been to Strong City. The FBI, state police, local law enforcement, and social workers went into the compound run by sect leader Michael Traviser and his followers in 2002 when rumors circulated that the group was planning a mass suicide. No suicides took place, no arrests were made, and no children were taken into custody, according to the police in that case. In the current case, according to the bureaucrats, concern is focused more on the parents of the teens taken into custody than the group's leader. 
Michael Traviser, who also goes by the name Wayne Bent, broke from the Seven-Day Adventist Church in 1987 to form his Lord of Our Righteousness Church. On the group's website, Traviser66 describes being anointed the Messiah by God back in 2000, shortly after moving to the New Mexico property in the state's northeastern corner. So this guy actually has claimed himself to be, you know, Christ on Earth, uh, essentially. Yeah. And... According to the story here at ABC News, and I did go to their website, by the way, and unlike the people, uh, unlike the polygamist sect, mm-hmm. which is pretty seclusive, uh, you know, sec- uh, reclusive, I suppose. Yeah. They, I don't think they have internets in that their compound. Right. They're not. Uh, they're not trying to uh, drum up new support and have people come out there and, right. and worship their new messiah. Strong City, on the other hand, has their own website and their own blog. We'll read a couple entries from that here in a moment to get their view of this whole situation without the mass media filtering that's going on here. Uh, but according to Traviser, who wears a beard and in some photographs flowing robes... You can't not, be a messiah without a beard and flowing robes. He's, he looks the part, man, I'll tell you. Uh, he's not granting interviews, re- interview requests, but along with his followers, he's using his website to criticize efforts by authorities to investigate the sect. Uh, one of the quotes on his site from him says, No sex acts with teenagers have ever happened here, but the satanic forces of the media continue to concoct their witch's brew in order to destroy that mes- the message that was sent to you from heaven. He posted on the site, along with video shot by church members, showing the first of the teens taken from the compound by officials. There was never any child molestation or adult molestation by anyone, including myself, he said. There has never been any sex with minors or anything remotely approaching that, and I was never the initiator in any of the events. Traviser describes the media in a post Wednesday as an arm of the beast that lives on lies and hallucinations. He says, I'll speak with the media when they let my children go permanently. I, I can't disagree with him. Traviser, <laughs> a large amount of the media, at least. Traviser identifies the teens who were taken from the compound and provides what he claims are writings from them that show their confusion with why the state would take them into custody. A narrator, uh, she's, she's very clear about the direction she's going in her life, says a narrator on the footage of one of the teens being taken away, much clearer than many adults. The group claims that the teenagers taken by the state have... Uh, have family members living among Traviser's followers and consent from parents who do not live on the compound. Even so, there have been no national laws broken here in this land, even if the laws are man-made and and concocted for the slavery of children, Traviser wrote in one post. Instead of marriage, the world must now watch their children have sex in the back seats of cars and behind the garage, and they must submit to a million abortions every year. Jeff Bent, identified as Traviser's son, appealed to New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson in a rambling letter which he claims to be a former police officer. He says, I'm incensed at the hypocrisy of your world that you can accuse us of the very crimes your cult is guilty of, wrote Bent, talking about the cult of the omnipotent state, mm. uh, basically. And I actually did watch that video that uh, I believe was narrated by Mr. Bent of the 16-year-old female being taken away from the compound. There were a lot of hugs. Uh, she clearly was very attached to the people that she was going to be um, taken away from. And he made a great point in the video, and that is that look and see who's using the force. He says, nobody forced her to stay here. Her parents consented to, to have her here. She likes being here. It's clear who's using force in this situation. And they made it very clear that uh, they, that they weren't going to do anything about this, but that you know they believe the the wrath of God is going to come down upon the state uh, in order for 
because of what they've done. God seems pretty lax when it comes to states and bringing down his yeah. wrath and stuff. Yeah. Uh, At least to, to my mind, you know, maybe I'm wrong. The group's website features a slew of postings, written both written and video, by church members professing various doctrines tied to the church. Uh, blah, 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 blah. He says here, another aspect of his church is by his own admission involves sex with his followers. He writes in a September 11, 2007 post that he had sex with three women, including his son's wife, at God's prompting. He also writes about virgins visiting him in his bed, but claims he declined their requests for sex. So he actually does admit in one of the posts, I also uh, read one of these, where he does admit that he has uh, laid naked in bed with virgins, and that that's all that happened. And then one of the girls that was taken from the compound, the 16-year-old, she has her own blog post where she talks about that, uh, where she she also admits to lying naked with this man in in his bed, or tra- Mr. Traviser, and she claims she attempted to get him to be in- intimate with her, but he refused. So, and you know what? Even if he had gotten intimate with her, it wouldn't have been any of my business. And besides, in a lot of states, the age of consent is 16 anyway, so you know there doesn't seem to be a, a legally a big deal there. It's just that some people view these sorts of uh, this sort of behavior as inappropriate, and they've de- decided they want to punish these people for living life in a in a way that might be different than you and I would choose to live life. I would say that it's the behavior sounds uh, inappropriate to me, but I'm still not uh, ready to throw anybody in jail over it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. A blog entry from one of the young ladies that was taken allegedly from her. Uh, we'll share that with you here in a moment. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Maybe they'll take your kids next. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include archives. So if you missed a moment of the show, go and get them for free right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. Lots of archives. We give them to you. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 9th through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to meet hundreds of individuals who, like you, cherish liberty and are living the goal of... Uh, the goal of liberty in our lifetimes, and listen to concerts, enjoy some barbecue, and socialize around the fire. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Porkfest.com. 800-259-9231. It has happened again in a matter of, uh, it's only been a matter of weeks since it happened in a major way in Texas. Over 400 children being stolen from their parents in the FLDS compound, as it's been called, in, uh, I think it was West Texas or wherever it was. And that was pretty tragic. And this story, even though it only involves three teenagers, I don't think is any less tragic because the fundamental is still the same, and that is that kids have been stolen from the place that they were living peacefully, that they consented to live at. They've been uprooted from their lifestyle and forced into the custody of state government people. And there's so very little outcry about this because they're different. Yeah. These people are different. They're not 
regular Christians or regular Americans or whatever it is you consider yourself, Catholic or Buddhist or whatever it is, you know, your mainstream religion or atheist, whatever it is you believe, they're not like you. They're a very small group of people that has an unusual set of beliefs living together with one another in peace with the rest of the outside world. They don't bother anybody. In this particular case, we're talking about a group that had, again, three teenagers stolen from them in New Mexico. Of course, they're describing this place as a compound. It's called Strong City, home to the Lord of Our Righteousness Church. Yet another uh, you know, small enclave of believers that have decided that they want to live life in a way that's a little bit different from most people. But apparently the state has decided that that's not appropriate. They went in there about a week ago and took three children. First, The first day they took uh, one young lady, a 16-year-old, and then the next, about two days later, they came and they took two more teenagers, another 16-year-old and a 13-year-old. They're alleging that they have an anonymous tip or if they know who it is, they aren't revealing who it is. So, again, a similar situation with an anonymous person calling to report so-called inappropriate sexual goings-on. We do know that the church leader, self-professed Messiah, Michael Traviser, has admitted to laying naked in bed with virgins. He has uh, claimed that there was no sexual activity going on, but I don't care if there was sexual activity going on. No one forced these people to be there. If they believe he's the Messiah and they think they're going to go to heaven by giving him a BJ or whatever, then that should be their their business. I mean, you might find it disturbing and weird, but maybe your religion's disturbing and weird. Maybe what your belief system is is bizarre. Maybe we should go after you next. And that's kind of where I'm going with all this is, well, they've gone after the fundamentalist Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints people. Now they're going after this particular uh, religion in New Mexico. Who's to say your religion won't be next? I know you probably feel safe. You're a member of, you know, the Presbyterians or the Baptists or the Catholics or whoever. And you're, you've got a big church, so you'll be okay, right? You just keep telling yourself that. And maybe you will be. But maybe you won't. Who's to say who they'll pick on next and for what reasons? If they can do this to a peaceful group of people, they can do it to any peaceful group of people. And I think it's absolutely sick what the state is doing. I'm not going to pass judgment on this guy and his followers. They've all consented to be there. Well, I can, we can pass judgment. I mean, it, it sounds like his religion's a little wacky, but, you know, it's none religions of my are wacky. Yeah, it's none of my business what their religious beliefs are. But what I'd like to do here is share a blog post. They have their own website, by the way, and this is very different from the polygamists who are dressing in 19th century clothing and living the lives of, I guess, 19th century people kind of living today. Uh, they're not so interested in Internet, but these people are, and they have their own blog. It's I'll give you the, the URL. It's strongcity.info, strongcity.info. So I have a feeling this is going to be one of the more useful places to pay attention to as this case continues to unfold. Here's a post from one of the teenagers that was confiscated by the government people. This was written before she was taken away. So it was after the first girl was taken, but before this 13-year-old was taken away. This is the 13-year-old uh, named Willow, photographed with her father here on the blog page. Looks like a happy young teen, and her dad looks pretty happy, too. Here's what she has to say. Yesterday, April 22nd, the state police and CYFD workers came and took Heald, a 16-year-old woman who lived here in Strong City. She was happy here. All her friends were here. 
Everything she knew was here, but they took her. They said someone had allegations against her parents, and it was under investigation. Part of this was filmed by Uriel, and I did, uh, again, you can watch the video footage on their, on their website. It's clear this woman, uh, this young lady, this 16-year-old, was not trying to uh, run into the arms of the state and say, Thank you for coming and rescuing me. Please protect me from these sickos. No, she was given the opportunity to say goodbyes to people and give them hugs, and it was clear that she didn't really want to leave, from what I could tell. Anyway, she goes on. Again, this is a 13-year-old writing this, allegedly. She says, It's a mystery to me. Why does the state say that you can only follow your conscience if you are above the age of 18? Why cannot they just let others follow God's voice to their own heart? This is truly a puzzle to me. If God can create a human being, doesn't he have the right to do what he wants with his with this human being? Well, the state does not see it this way. They say that if you're under the age of 18, then you must obey your parents or the state, depending on where the parents stand. You do not have the mind power to reason until you're 18. Of course, anyone should know that until you turn 18, you don't have a mind, a heart, or a soul. But on that magic day, you all of a sudden get a mind, heart, and soul. This should be common knowledge. Well, I don't know what's going to happen with this, but one thing I do know is that everything's on God's hands, and not even the police or the CYFD can do anything that he doesn't give them to do. We'll see what happens, but I do know God always wins. So that's one of the uh, the young ladies that was taken just two days after she wrote that uh, particular blog post about one of her friends that was stolen away from their family. Mm. And I think that's, I mean, beyond the, the God stuff, which I don't necessarily agree with, but uh, the, the logic there is pretty sound as far as, well, you're not able to make decisions until you're 18. I'm pretty sure that's poppycock, because I was making all kinds of decisions for myself at age 16 and 15 and 14. They might not have all been the right decisions, you but know, I could make decisions. And, and, and people over the age of 18 are, are making decisions that I wouldn't consider the right decisions. Oh, yeah. But, you know, the idea that uh, you can't make decisions for yourself um, until you're 18 is, is really, it's ludicrous. Every time you cross the street as a minor, you're making the decision as to whether a life or death situation. Yep. Your parents have given you good advice. Hopefully they've given you good advice in all areas of life. And you can, you know, choose what kind of decisions you make. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Now, again, we'll keep an eye on this one here. And as this continues to develop, if we hear more, we'll let you know. Of course, if you hear something, don't hesitate to call and let us know what you know. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We go across the pond in moments. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. WIKI.freetalklive.com. You want to move to New Hampshire but don't know where you're going to live? Porkmanor.com is a new website that connects freedom-loving landlords with freedom-loving renters. Landlords can easily manage the display of their rentals, including uploading photos and showing videos. 
Renters can find a place where they'll be living with libertarians and even anarchists. It's simple, efficient, cheap, and effective. Visit porkmanor.com. That's P-O-R-C-M-A-N-O-R, porkmanor.com. 800-259-9231, across the pond we go. But, Mark, you've got another coming up here, another story of Child Protective Services, so-called, coming to uh, remove a child's freedom and steal them from their parents. We'll get to that. But first, we go to your calls. It is Gavin in the U.K., across the pond. Hello, Gavin. Hi, how are you? Hey, doing well. Uh, what's on your mind tonight? Right, well, um, as you may be aware, that uh, I'm the uh, fella the uh, local councillor who's been suspended from his party for speaking of liberty-orientated endeavours, really. Right, you were, uh, I guess you were punished uh, internally inside your party because you were honest about your opinions and your feelings about, for instance, ending prohibition, about gun control, and they didn't like you speaking out, so they punished you. That's right, that's right. But I'm not calling today to uh, brag about my own... Um, stance on all this I want to say to anybody who lives to who, who listens to Free Talk Live to, to just basically think about their stance on all of this and you know sign up to anything that's remotely uh, liberty orientated because at the end of the day I'm, I'm not important you're not important Free Talk Live is not important we're all a part of this wonderful uh, little scheme to promote liber- liberty-orientated arguments. But the problem is is that uh, people aren't listening. And, and wherever we can possibly argue that, we, we should be, uh, you know, screaming from the, the rooftops, if you like. Well, I, I the one thing I would take issue on what you said, I agree that people should get involved, people that believe that, as we do, uh, that people should be free to, to live their lives in the way they want, as long as they don't hurt another person in the process. Uh, I think the people that think that way, they should get involved, but at the same time, the, the term uh, arguing, I don't know if I agree with. I think that persuading is much more of a uh, an accurate term for what we should be doing instead of arguing where when you argue the opponent digs into their position and then they come back at you with their points Gavin we're going to have to let you go thanks for the call 800-259-9231 hopefully he lives through that I'm sure he will uh, but yeah persuasion I think is a, is a little bit uh, well argue you can, get your terms right one can use argue uh, for, you know in, in you know the form of persuade but no I don't think you can you can't persuade someone when you're arguing with them. They're not going to listen to your persuasions. They're not going to listen to your points. The typical mode of operation for an argument is one side presents his points, the other side presents their points, and usually during the process of one side presenting one's points, the other side is thinking about what points the other side wants to present instead of actually listening to and receiving correctly the points the opposing side is attempting to make, if that makes any sense. Yes. So it's essentially two sides digging it, you know, digging in trenches and lobbing uh, weaponry at one another, verbal weaponry, and it doesn't do anything to actually persuade. While it could persuade an audience, an argument between two parties could persuade third parties. It is very unlikely to actually persuade the party that you are arguing with. So that's why the uh, advocates for self-government do such a great job at theadvocates.org at helping people 
better their persuasion skills and helping them uh, tweak their communication ability when it comes to talking with others. That way, instead of walking away from a discussion feeling like you just wasted a, a bunch of your time on someone that's not even listening to what you're saying, you can learn how to listen to them in the first place. Because if they know that you're listening to them instead of you just thinking about the points you're going to make, if they know you're listening to them, then they're more likely to listen to you when you actually have something to say back to them. And and there's a whole art and a whole process to listening. And if you've never actually studied it, then you probably aren't that good at it. I mean, it really, it takes effort to listen. Uh, sometimes I find myself not doing as good of a job as I would like to do. And I have to make a conscious effort to really pay attention uh, to, to what is being said. And, and one of the things you'll hear me do on the airwaves here, which you don't hear very many talk show hosts do, is you'll hear me come back after someone has been on the phones and they've said something to us. I'll come back and I'll rephrase it in my own words to make sure I understood correctly what it was that person was trying to say. Let me see if I, have, let me see if I understand you. Let me see if I have this straight. And then I'll go and I'll, I'll rephrase what was said. And there are times when I just won't get it, when I'll rephrase it and I won't be spot on. But that's okay, because by doing that, you give the other person the opportunity to say, oh, no, that's not what I meant. What I meant was this. Whereas if you say stuff to me, Mark, blah, 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 and I'm over here take, sound like. you know, taking notes or I'm thinking about what I'm going to say or, or whatever, and then I come back and say something else in, in response – you don't know if I understood what you said. Even if I nod my head and go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> you don't really know for sure if I understood. But if I rephrase what you said to me, then, yeah, you know if I got it or not. So that's one technique. That's one tip uh, for, for being a better listener, I think, that is pretty easy to implement in, in one's own life. And you'll be amazed at some of the, op- you know, the, the doors that good listening can open for you. Just a tip. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We go to your phone calls. Uh, we talked to Chris in Virginia on the amp line. Hey, Chris. Chris, Virginia, going once. Chris, Virginia, going twice. I think. Okay, I don't know who this is. It might be Chris. I don't know. Uh, unscreened amp line. Who's this? It's Ziggy. Ziggy in the UK. What's on your mind? And I'm not going to cough all the way through my call. Great, um, Gavin. But can you hear any bleeping on the line? Because the last time I looked, was listening back to the podcast and it kept going bleep. Yeah, bleep, that was bleep, uh, that was the amp lines. We had a problem with a call waiting was still turned on one of the lines. So that has been eliminated at this point. So we should not be hearing any bleeping. Go ahead. Anyways, yesterday was election day here, local elections all up and down the country. Okay. And I got to the polling station and suddenly I just thought, why am I bothering? You know, you have three base, three parties, main parties in this country, and though their their policies are slightly different from one another, they're not that much different, and it is all very tribal. You know, you know, you sh- the, the, basically the yellow tribe is a bit different from the blue tribe, and the blue tribe is a bit different from the, the red tribe. But no one is really radically singing for the uh, you know individual liberty anymore sure. in this country. And I I just thought, bollocks. It's going to be the same old bollocks again and again and again. I can't be bothered. I just, you know, just complete disengagement. It was was almost like, I always felt like it was a, you know, um, a a moment of clarity, such Hmm. as you had with the Libertarian Party the other day. 
Yeah, I mean, that's. I feel the same way as you do at this point. I mean, the Libertarian Party is so watered down, it doesn't it doesn't represent the principles it at one time did. I, 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 have, to, I have to say, I've had, I had previous experience. I don't know if I told you, but last, I knew a Libertarian Party candidate standing, I think, in Missouri for, for, for um, the legislature there. And basically, they were in support of the Iraqi war. I yeah. Went, what? Yeah. Sorry, you're a Libertarian and you're supporting a war? The, the party was founded, you know, on the, you know the, the premise of the, you know no initiation of force. <laughs> yeah, and I, you are talking about America being an imperial power by force. It's uh, it's one of the most frustrating things that has uh, bugged me over the last few years. So I, I'm totally with you, man. And so, did you end up going to vote, or did you just turn around no, and go no, home? No, 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 no. I, I just I just turned around. Well, actually, I actually smoked. I, I, you'll love this. I actually sat outside the police station on the wall, smoked a reefer. Uh, please, car, actually drove by. Oh, glad you didn't get caught. Zig. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it, man. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. Plus, we got some drug news about ketamine tonight, interestingly enough. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase so start your shopping experience at Amazon.freetalklive.com. Still to come, another Child Protective Services sad, tragic story. But first, we'll go to your phone calls. Tom in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Tom, hello. Another thing about uh, arguing a point that I wanted to bring up, by the way, yes, sir. is when somebody interrupts the other, their opponent in the argument, when it... Uh, they, what they're doing is they're truncating what the person's trying to say mm-hmm. and thereby forming a shorter uh, statement that's completely different in meaning from the longer statement that the person's trying to make. Mm-hmm. And then they furiously respond to the shorter statement and they refuse to let the person uh, clarify that, you know, they're trying to make this longer statement. Like, uh, they, let's say the wife uh, observes... You're not entitled to everything you demand, and he's trying to say, yes, I am, because I'm not demanding anything to which I am not entitled. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where, but you truncate that one after the first three words, it makes it sound like yes, he's claiming that just simply, demand, yeah. just simply demanding something means he's going to be entitled to it. And she starts flying off the handle, and she's either going to break up with him because he claims he's entitled to whatever he demands, or she's going to break break up with him because he tackles her and holds her mouth shut while he finishes his sentence. <laughs> either way, Are you recapping something that happened at the Tom household last night? Oh, no. no but, okay. uh, uh, once upon a time, though, there was a candidate for sheriff, and he was denouncing the crime. He's running on a law and order platform. Okay? It's terrible. These, uh, see, And he was also a single guy. So he'd go out on the dating websites, mm-hmm. and you know he'd, he'd uh, meet, meet women that way, and he'd take take her out to dinner, and 
take her out to the movies, and, of course, buy her drinks, and then see whether he's going to get any or not. Right. Okay? And that, but he's decrying these criminals who keep visiting downtown, and they're gambling, and they're paying for sex. Hmm. And, I mean, they're criminals. Okay? He, he, of course, he doesn't gamble, and he doesn't pay money for sex. No, never. Uh, oh, no, not him. But, uh... By the way, if you're ever on a phone line like that, uh, trying to ask a woman for a date, and she asks you what you do for work, you just say, oh, I got a full-time job. I do my full-time job. And if she asks you, uh, well, what do you do? Then you say, oh, you're trying to figure out if I can afford you? <laughs> and if she hangs up on you, then that's what she was trying to do. But be that as it may, the D.C. Madam case, you know, they say uh, she killed herself. They claim. Because she didn't, because she didn't want to go back to prison. Yeah. I don't think that... Uh, Killing herself was the right thing to do. In my opinion, what she should have done was gone to someplace like El Paso, where the Border Patrol goons ride around on bicycles. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and spend a few days just studying the geography of the city. Then she should have rented a truck like she's moving and drive around there and run over a Border Patrol agent and then capture the free gun as a prize of war. I'm told the triggers are hard to pull on those Border Patrol guns, but hmm. then uh, I never looked a whole into bunch that. of enemy targets would have come swarming in while she's <laughs> walking around the block, and she could have picked out the biggest, meanest, ugliest-looking cop coming out yeah. of a patrol car and blasted that one into hellfire, and then she would have been killed by enemy fire in combat on the battlefield, and right, the and, resistance to and, tyrants is obedience to God. She would have gone straight to heaven. Well, and then there would have been no question about whether or not she'd actually killed herself uh, if she had actually approached it from that direction. Tom, thanks for the call tonight and the, and the tips. We appreciate it. At 800-259-9231. Well, the last one is interesting, actually, because, I mean, let's let's look at the, the D.C. Madam case for just a moment here, and and there are more and more people uh, at this point, even in the mainstream media, that are questioning whether or not this was actually a suicide. In case you don't know, uh, Deborah Dean Palfrey, the D.C. madam, who had been convicted on various different racketeering-related charges connected to her running a prostitution ring in the D.C. area, uh, which was allegedly connected to all kinds of movers and shakers and high rollers in the, in the, inside the Beltway, she uh, was found dead. Hanging in a shed, in uh, I guess on her mom's property down in Florida, there was allegedly a suicide note there, which to my knowledge has not yet been released to the public. But there are quotes from her and interviews where she has said things like she doesn't want to commit suicide, that she doesn't uh, – back in the 90s, she actually expected someone might suicide her. Someone might make it uh, make her death look like a suicide, but she has said within the last year or so that she's she would never kill herself. Now, certainly people can change. There's no doubt about that. But she didn't even know at this point what she was going to be uh, looking at for a punishment. She was facing up to 55 years, but it could have been, you know, three or four years, and it would have been what she got. And as Tom said, if you've got nothing left to lose and the state is on your case and they're ruining your life and you get to the point where you're so distraught that you are willing to kill yourself i don't know tom's suggestion isn't too bad go out and go after i mean it would make more sense to go after your prosecutor you know the the people that actually uh are responsible for destroying your freedom and take them out I mean, I'm not advocating that, but it, it makes more sense. If you're going to die anyway, why not take out a few bad guys before you go? 
I'd say it makes more sense. I wouldn't advocate it because, you know, I, it, it, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like there could be a bigger crackdown uh, for those, the, those of us that are alive well, afterwards. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, hard to say. Normally when, normally when someone like that goes off the handle, it's usually they're just painted as a crazy and the news reports come out and they go away and everyone moves on with their life. I mean, there was that guy that walked into a city council meeting. Yeah, I don't remember, I don't even remember where it was. He walked into some city council meeting Missouri. in Missouri or whatever and blew away some people and you know they painted him as a crackpot, but that's about as far as that went. Like I said, I'm not advocating that, but if you're going to kill yourself, why not make it uh, more of a spectacle? Why not make it so everyone knows for sure? Because right now it there's some interesting stuff out there that suggests that maybe Ms. Palfrey didn't kill herself. In fact, one of her girls, from what I understand, uh, one of her escorts, about a year ago, I guess during the whole trial, or sometime around the trial, one of her escorts was going to testify in some way, and she ended up with a, a noose around her neck, hung from somewhere. Sounds Interesting like, it, coincidence. It seems to me like somebody's, some very important person's name might be on that list. Yeah, that's what I would imagine. I'd imagine there's a handful of very important people on, the, on those. I mean, she was a madam in Washington, D.C. Right. She knows who's doing what, and she's probably got a few beans to spill, and they took her out. Or she took herself out. Up to you to decide what the truth is. Uh, the sheriff's department has made up their mind on this particular case. The police are have ruled this a suicide. But based on her statements, some of them, from what I understand, relatively recent, based on her statements, doesn't seem like the Deborah Jean Palfrey that some people knew. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Uh, let's see here. Let's talk, Mark, about the CPS case you've got. Some other kids have been stolen from their family? Yep. What happened? Um, it's, uh, this is from Freedom's Phoenix. Washington, there's an empty high chair sitting in the kitchen of the Arlington home of Nancy Hay and Christopher Sil- Siltor. It's their uh, daughter Sabrina's high chair. But it's been empty for two years, two years, because thieves disguised as Arlington County social workers and judges Mm. took her from her parents. She was stolen, no public scrutiny or accountability. Arlington County social workers used unproven allegations of neglect in April 2005 to justify removing then three-week-old Sabrina from her parents' home. Mm. Her parents were accused anonymously, of starving Sabrina. And they were deemed unable to care uh, properly for her daughter, even with the uh, frequent help of Nancy Hayes' mother and a full-time nanny. Wow. Sounds like this... A uh, full-time nanny. Yeah, it sounds like this child's being abused, doesn't it? Uh, And probably some terrible things are going on right in the sight of the nanny and the the grandmother, right? Most kids don't get a nanny. No. After more than two years of legal wrangling with the county's child protective services, Arlington... Circuit Court Judge James Almond terminated the couple's parental rights in June 2007. Oh, so so now they have absolutely zero chance of getting their kid back. Is it's, that what you're it's saying? beginning to look that way, yeah. Wow. Nine months earlier, Sabrina's parents were completely exonerated by uh, Virginia CPS hearing officer George Walton, who noted that his in his official report that despite the baby's worrisome... 10-ounce weight loss. This seems to be the crux of it all. The, uh, the child lost 10 ounces soon after birth. My child lost a few ounces after birth. Mm. Children lose weight after birth. Is there more to this story? Yeah. Let's get to it here in moments. Hour two's coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. Plus a story about a lady who escaped from prison 
and has been caught 32 years later. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live is your show. We launch in hour number two of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those again on us at freetalklive.com. We continue a story you just barely had a chance to begin in the last hour, Mark, so let's recap it for those just tuning in. Uh, it's another so-called child protective services story where they're just stepping in to help they just have identified a problem and they're just trying to help people solve their problems by taking children away from their parents you know uh, god help anyone who uh you know the, the cps's eye gets turned on you know some kind of uh some kind of I don't know, do-gooder or a person with malicious intent or whatever uh, reports to the CPS that you're doing something that they... Busybody. Yeah, d- d- would prefer not... You know, let's let's just, under the best-case scenario, it's a busybody. Under the worst-case scenario, it's somebody who just doesn't like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Nothing. Um, and, and, and when the CPS is, is in a scenario, God help you. In this particular case, um, Nancy Hay and Christopher... Uh, Silter, Slitter, yeah. He, uh, they had a a three-week-old baby taken from them, uh, little Sabrina. And the reason, uh, from what I can tell here, what I can surmise is that the child was being starved because so claimed an anonymous so, tip. So claimed an anonymous tip because um, the child had lost after uh, a ten-ounce weight loss soon after giving birth by cesarean section. Nothing in her medical record indicated that she had ever been in danger. And this is according to George Walton um, from the Virginia CPS. So that's she meaning CPS. the child. Yeah, um, she, Sabrina. There's also no evidence, Walton added, that Sabrina's failure to thrive resulted from parental neglect. Hmm. So uh, this this woman, Nancy, and who had a her mother on you know that was helping out and mm-hmm. a full time nanny. It doesn't sound to me like this child was being uh, was being starved. Yeah, it wasn't being locked in their crib and left for eight hours a day or something like that. Yeah, I, and some anonymous tip came in. They're starving the baby. And they got in there, piled in their little CPS car, called out some state patrol officer, and went and took their kid from them. Yep, and Arlington... And now it's been over two years. It's and been over two years, and Arlington Circuit Court Judge James Almond terminated the couple's parental rights in June 2007. This is after the CPS had said that they were completely um, exonerated. Uh, but, oh, know, really? The, well, yeah, that's well, the one CPS officer had said this. Um, well, but, we've got your kid now, suckers. Right, uh, let me go on. In fact, the records showed the opposite. Nancy Hay, who suffers from a developmental disorder that makes it difficult for her to recognize nonverbal signals from others... Um, which I guess she just doesn't tell facial expressions well, and her husband okay. fully cooperated with medical professionals and CPS workers throughout their ordeal. Of course they did. They wanted their baby back. What else can they do? Um, in any case, Sabrina... I mean, you think if somebody was neglectful to their child, they would be happy someone took their kid away from them. They wouldn't bother filing any paperwork in court or jumping through any hoops. I'm sure there's been plenty of people out there that have been neglectful of their child that want their child back. Um, absolutely. But, yeah, I guess. You know, I just... I, this this organization... Two years doing it? ...is just so... 
so awful. Well, there's I mean, so many cases. They're unassailable. You you can't really do anything but beg. You can't do anything but jump through their hoops and beg them. They come them. get the child, and then they prove whether or not you're a bad parent. And they really don't do no, a very no, good No, no, you job. have to prove you're a good right. parent. That, that much is true. It's already presumed you're a bad parent. That's why they came and took your child. Sabrina was at her proper weight when she was taken away by county officials. Two days after her parents told a social worker, Diane Zemke, that they were retaining a lawyer. So um, she was taken away after... The, first, the CPS comes in and says, we're concerned that your child's being starved. Mm-hmm. Of course, the child was at the proper weight. The, they, um, you know, the, the official comes in. They say, we're getting an attorney because we don't trust you people. Mm-hmm. Then they took the kid away. Oh, really? Normally, they just take the kid. Yeah. First visit, they just take the kid. And I, don't, I don't know that there's a normal to it. but That's uh, what I've, the impression I've gotten over the that's years. That's from, from news stories. But of course, by the way, as an aside. With news stories, you get the zebras, not the horses. That's you know? true. But as an aside, uh, from what I understand, these CPS organizations, these governments, these state bureaucracies, they apparently get Medicaid or Medicare, I always forget which one is which, some federal government payment comes in for every new kid they bring into the system. Well, um, I, I know that uh, certainly foster uh, foster parents get money for taking care of kids, and, and some people become foster parents to get the money. Some people become yeah. foster parents because they really want to take care of kids that are you know right. in, in, in awful shape. But in this case, there's a financial incentive from the federal government, let alone the state government. Certainly the state government's going to increase their budget if their number of kids goes up, but also the feds uh, give them a stipend of your tax dollars uh, for every kid they steal, from what I understand. That's my understanding also. Arlington Judge Esther Wiggins-Lyles signed the removal order with neither Hay nor um, Slitter even aware that the proceeding, of the proceedings, much less being present to contest mm. the decision. So this was just done, you know, in the dark. Yeah. More secret courts. Sabrina went to a politically influential local professional couple. Are you hearing this? Someone she, with influence? Yeah, politically influential local professional couple. Now, what's more valuable? A, um, I'm going to give you three options An, um, to somebody who wants a child um, and might uh, adopt or something like that. An infant, a six-year-old, or a 12-year-old. What's more valuable? Oh, I guess they would want it at younger age, right? Right. Okay. Absolutely. They've got this three-week-old child that was, um, you know, and I'm just going to make a guess here. I'm, you know, please forgive me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but uh, the child had a nanny. And uh, the mother was staying, you know, the mother's a, you know, not much of an issue, but the child had a nanny. So what I'm hearing here is that this couple had some money. Yeah. So I'm going to make, go out on a limb and say this was a white baby. Okay. Seems safe. What's more valuable in the market of babies out there, white babies, Hispanic babies, or black babies? Sad to say, white babies. Absolutely. There's a premium on white babies out there. And uh, it's it seems to me that this politically influential couple... Could very well have, uh, you know, done whatever leaning it took or, you know, they're in, they're important people and you want to make important people happy, right? Wait a minute. I, maybe I missed the point about the politically influential couple. I thought the parents went to that couple. Sabrina, the child. Oh, Sabrina too. Yes, yeah, Sabrina's the child. Sorry. Nancy is the mother. Um, went to a politically influential professional couple with no training as mm. foster parents. Hmm. They're not even in the foster parent How system. about that? They just wanted a baby and they knew someone who knew somebody in politics and... It gets worse. Pulls some strings. Oh, does it? Yeah. Great. It goes on. Despite CPS requirements, the foster couples be trained before being entrusted with children. We waived those rules. We know these people. Judge Ammon, that's the second judge. Almond, excuse me. Um, He's the one that denied their custody, right? Yeah, I believe it's a she, actually. Uh, no, no, you're right. It's a he. Later issued the baby's um, inappropriate removal to use the, in- the baby's inappropriate removal to justify making the separation permanent. Listen. 
saying it would be too traumatic to return Sabrina to her natural parents. So when Sabrina turned uh, three, April the 3rd, she didn't blow out her birthday candles in the kitchen where her heartbroken parents still keep her empty high chair. Even after spending, take a guess. To try to get her back? Yeah. 100000 $350,000 in legal fees. They have not oh, given up hope. That's the other thing that makes me think, you know, these, this is a wealthy, wealthy white couple. They've been asked the Virginia Court of Appeals to return their child. Meanwhile, every Arlington County employee involved should be put under oath and questioned in public about their role in this outrage. Well, yeah, that's going to happen. These judges are on the side of CPS. No one's going to be putting them on trial and ask them questions. It's it's done and over with. They said it'd be too traumatic to give it back to to give the kid back to the yeah. parents at this point. Their parentage has been eliminated. I mean, that's it. It. it um, Judge James Almond terminated the child's parent, or excuse me, the couple's parental rights in June 2007, saying that the baby's um, inappropriate, re- excuse me, saying that uh, it would be too traumatic to return the child to her natural parents at th- at this time. She's now three. Who is it out there that's listening to this show right now that agrees with this? Are there any of you out there? Any bureaucrats Nobody does, out there? But everybody, you know, people abdicate responsibility when it comes to, you know, this. Well, we've we've put in place child protective services to take care of the children in circumstances where they're being abused. That's why we put this together. Of course, there's going to be some people that get caught up in the system, but so what? You know, what are we going to do? So we ruin a few so, families' lives. So it's, you say it your okay? hands, hands. Are, we say our hands are tied, and and they really are. What am I doing about? Am I am I in, here in New Hampshire picketing the Child Protective Services? I'm nope. not. I don't know what to do. The fact is that it seemed like a really good idea to these elected officials to put together an organization to protect children. But what does it do? It destroys families. And the question that I've got is, what do you do about it? What should these people have done? This is it. The most important thing in their lives, the biggest investment, the thing that the you know the thing they hung all their hopes on. What does a parent do when CPS comes to the door? Because you saw what happened when they said we're retaining a lawyer. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and they've lost their child and hundreds of thousands of dollars. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us, including the updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop. Whenever you need to know something about Free Talk Live, go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. He's the enemy of the state. He's the agent of the sovereign individual. He's Tad Galahad, Freedom Engineer. The anarcho-capitalist adventure series continues at freedom-engineering.com. That's freedom-engineering.com. And I'd like to continue here with uh, to, by rephrasing the question you asked a few moments ago, because I think it's so poignant, Mark, uh, and, and it's so telling of how just terrible of a situation we are in in this country today, in, in America... Where you ask the question, when the government goons come to take your child from you, what are you supposed to do about it? What is the appropriate response? Because 
and I don't want to I don't want to advocate violence, but I don't really know Here, what else could be the right, right thing to do. I'm sort of at the end of my rope on this one too. I I just don't know. I mean, when can someone call and be more creative than than violence here? Because I mean, we're dealing with a situation where uh, parents have tried to do everything they could do within the system. They spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. They haven't gotten their child. It's been years. They've been stripped of their parental rights. Also, some politically connected couple can have themselves a white baby. And I, th- I think the best that one can look at, um, you know, from the nonviolent route is going to the media. You know, you go to the media. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things... I, I, Everybody has to look at. You've now found out this information about what happened to this uh, little baby Sabrina and her parents. We found out through the media. We found out through the media. Now you found out. What are you doing about it? I'm not doing anything about it. Are you doing anything about it? I mean, well, it's one halfway was... across the country. It'd be one thing if it was here in Keene. It'd be another thing. It, understood. Absolutely understood. And another per- very good reason why, if <laughs> you know, um, if you're a liberty-loving individual, it seems to me your chances of getting your child taken away are higher. Um, really? It, it just does. I mean, aren't you a weirdo at that point? Look what's happening to the uh, the, the, the the Texas people, the religious people, the yeah. religious people. You know, all the better reason to uh, sign up for the Free State Project at freestateproject.org and move to New Hampshire because at least there will be people here. I can tell you if it happened to one of us that, um, you know, that that, that the response would be tremendous. The odds would be different uh, if it actually happened up here. In fact, I was spending some of that that break there actually looking online uh, to find out how often things like this happen in New Hampshire because all the stories we read, they come from elsewhere. And so far I've found the New Hampshire's... I guess their division is considered the Bureau of Child Protection, and that's about as far as I've gotten. I did a, a, a Google News search for Bureau of Child Protection. It didn't come up with anything, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean nothing has ever happened. It just means there's nothing fairly recent that has occurred. So if it happens here, then there will be all kinds of activists that will be on their case uh, on this particular issue, but. I wonder how that would change things. I wonder, not that I want the opportunity to find out. I really would rather that never happen up here. And maybe it doesn't happen that often up here, but if it ever does, if they ever take a child from one of the activists up here, then things will be different. Exactly how things will play out, if they will play out differently, it's hard to say. I think that's probably the last possible uh, stop before well, violence is is group activism. I've got to say that I'm a little I'm a little concerned because uh, I'm I'm I know at, at the very least I know that we're going to homeschool Jack. Yeah. Um. Start uh, to begin with. Now, if he wants to go to school later on, I'll talk to him about it and we'll figure out how it's going to go. Uh, certainly, try to talk to him about private, uh, you know, education as opposed to public and and that kind of thing. Uh, but you know, at the in the beginning when he's in kindergarten, mm-hmm. he can't make these decisions for himself. We're going to homeschool him. Well, here in New Hampshire, some of the requ- you're required to give a lesson plan to the uh, the Board of Education or, or whatever yeah, the, the, or- the, the organization is that you're supposed to tell them exactly how it is and what it is you're doing to educate your child. You, know, you must be approved. Right. right. You, you, have to, you have to go and beg these bureaucrats um, to be able to teach your child. Yes, please allow me to withdraw my child As though from I'm taking my system. five-year-old son and, and putting him in a, to work in a factory where his little fingers are more nimble than everybody else's or something, mm-hmm. some non Nonsense like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is that these people are trying to prevent, but you know, I just <laughs> I'm I'm concerned because I am not filling out their paperwork. Nope. Thank okay. you very much. Yeah, I I can understand your concern, Mark. And it, really, the question is still out there, and I would love to hear you answer it. 
1-800-259-9231. I just don't what know. Do do? How am I going to react? How, what, what am I supposed to do when the, uh, well, the, the Board of, of Education comes? First of all, I would answer come, the door. Right. The first, the first thing is not answering the door, and I'm going to have a talk with my wife about that ahead of time because I know that's going to be a difficult thing yeah. for her. Well, because the major issue, right, is that they come on an anonymous tip. Let's look at the way they operate, right? Some busybody or someone that hates you calls up the Child Protective Services Organization and says, I've heard Mark Edgington is abusing his child. And I have a nationally syndicated radio show. The people I've just talked to out there, somebody, some nefarious individual could very well be listening in right now. They would like to see you suffer, I imagine, sure. And what better way to make a man suffer or a woman suffer than taking their child from them? Uh, So they call up with their anonymous tip and CPS springs into action. We need to investigate this Mark Edge. We need to take his child from him and and question him and find out if these allegations are true. This seems to be how it goes. So then they show up with a couple of CPS bureaucrats. Sometimes it's one, sometimes two. And also with at least one, uh, usually a state state police guy. Some Kaparuski. Yeah. And uh, they show up at your, your house, and they knock on the door, and of course you, most people, they watch the movies and the news, and they see people going to the door when the police are there and answering the door, because they believe that's what they're supposed to do, that that's part of the whole process. When the police come to your door, you should talk to them. They're the police, after all. Well, maybe not. In fact, as it turns out, from some former police officers, Barry Cooper from NeverGetBusted.com, they've told us straight out, don't answer the door for the police. There's no reason to. They're there to try to arrest somebody most of the time, and there's no reason to even talk to them. So what would happen if you didn't actually, uh, if you didn't actually answer the door? Would they be able to kick your door in? Because I can tell you that one cop that comes out isn't going to be able to kick your kick your door in. Not by my himself. doors. <laughs> uh, that one cop's not going to be able to do that. And normally, well, here's they, what my concern is: normally is that, they have to have a warrant to do that, right? To kick a door in. And my concern is: can you get is, a warrant on an anonymous suggestion? You probably can, but I bet you can. I bet they don't have a warrant when they go to people's houses because that's extra work. I'm sure they, just they don't. Go and but people answer their doors. You know, to some extent, um, interactions with uh, officials rely on how that official feels. I got a ticket, or I, I got stopped by a police officer last week or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that the way that I dealt with that police officer um, was, you know, it, it, it precipitated me not getting the ticket that he could have given me. Right. And not that I necessarily deserved or whatever, but, you know, that that he could have given me if he had felt like it. If I would have been filming him and, and rolled down my window two and a half inches just so that he could talk to me and, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just to let you know you're being recorded and all that stuff, chances are pretty good I would have got that ticket or mm-hmm. some something less than, uh, you know, less pleasurable than what occurred sure would have happened so i'm worried that this will that'll create a, you know bad situation but in this case they're coming to take your kids anyway it's not you like you just don't necessarily know what they're going to do every time well i know if they're coming to my house at seven o'clock at night it's not for a, a coffee chat it's not for hanging out it's not for bonding they're going to do something that i'm not going to like and so I don't see any reason to answer door, at the door in that case. Let them go and get their warrant. By that time, you can have the baby out somewhere safe. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Talk live, bring up 
what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com, and those features include live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you at freetalklive.com. All right, so uh, real quick here, just to let people know, we are talking about these awful child protective services organizations, these government bureaucracies all around the country that the just the, the stream of stories never stops about children being separated from families who love them very much on the basis of an anonymous tipster. These parents have their children stolen from them, and they, in many cases, cannot get them back. In the case we were talking about before, one particular couple spent hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to get their baby back. It's been years, and finally a judge just, just completely disem- just, just destroys their right to have their, uh, their own and child the, back. The evidence um, you know, presented in the article, it, it's just minuscule, and it's pretty obvious to me from what, I, you know, what they've compiled there that uh, it was a political move by the Child Protective Services to give a an influential professional couple who wanted a uh, baby, and I'm I'm just guessing white here, people, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, wanted a very valuable white baby. If you don't think white babies are uh, more valuable on the baby market, go try to adopt. Go one. try to adopt one. Um, you know, it can take you 15 years to do it. Mm-hmm. But this couple wanted it and wanted it. You know, they get a little quicker. So it looks to me like this baby was just stolen and given to somebody else who was yep. more influential. Well, and sometimes they just get stolen and they put get put into the foster system or get stolen and put into the government system where the government bureaucracy gets more money for every child that it has in its custody. And so I, I did more digging during uh, the break there to see if I could find some examples from New Hampshire of similar things happening. And not to say I've looked through the whole Internet, but searching for the Bureau of Child Protection or BCP or NHBCP and under Google News comes up with nothing. Searching for it in a regular Google search comes up with next to nothing. So there may be good news in that New Hampshire, while it does have a Bureau of Child Protection that on their own website claims to investigate thousands of claims every year, it doesn't really seem to that that has resulted in the same awful sorts of cases, at least not that I could immediately find. If you can find one, I'd, I'd love to have you tell us about it or, or email it to us. Just because maybe maybe New Hampshire doesn't happen as often. That'd be nice, huh? If it doesn't happen as often here, especially if we get a bunch of activists here that actually are willing to stand up for their rights and their freedoms, if, if they actually do target someone's children and really make them wish they hadn't, then that would be good, too. Those are possible, you know, some possible benefits of, of raising your kids here in New Hampshire as opposed to other places. And, of course, we always talk about New Hampshire. We live here. Uh, we're members of the Free State Project. We've moved here in order to be activists for liberty, and it's working so far. And the more of us we have, the less likely they are to, to do these awful things, I think. So I guess that's where we're going to have to leave this. we got to go to your phone calls. Bring up what you want. Coming up, ketamine. Could it be good for some people? We'll talk about it. They, uh... You know what ketamine is, right, Mark? Uh, It's a drug. Special K is what they call it on the street. Let's go to the phone calls first and talk to Ben in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ben. Hey, uh, I just wanted to let you guys know I just did my first piece of libertarian activism at school. What's that? Um, We had to do a five-page research paper and present to the class, so I decided to do it on the War for Southern Independence. It ended up being about about 20 pages long. Jeez. Yeah, 
pretty uh, pretty insult once I got started. So uh, what what they think about that? Did anybody say, "But you're supporting slavery"? That seems to be the uh, the the biggest complaint. With well, as a research paper, you probably didn't present anything, right? No, uh, we had to present to the class afterwards. Oh, really? Part okay. Of but uh, yeah, I separated it into three different parts. But the first one was like why they have the right to secede. I compared it to um, uh, like Lincoln trying to take over the South to uh, uh, Saddam Hussein trying to. Control Kuwait, mm-hmm. and then the, the economy. I talked about the American system, all the uh, the central government, and then the third part. I talked about slavery, how it would have died naturally by at least 1900 because they would have been forced to industrialize. Yeah, that's what happened and, everywhere else in the world. Yeah, slavery yeah. went away on its own, and and, and the actually, fact is, the cotton was uh, becoming less and less, uh, you know, valuable as far as a commodity goes, and you know, the it, cotton was what made slavery viable. Yeah, for most of the sources I, I read on it, most of the slaves they didn't even uh, they weren't regularly beaten like you would see in the popular culture. Sure, and I mean, like just because you're a well-treated tr- uh, slave doesn't make it a good thing. Well, yeah, that's true. I was just saying yeah. that most of them weren't like beaten. He's just pointing out it was not as you might have perceived it to be. Right. So, how were you received by your classmates? Well, a lot of them like it was about twenty minutes long, but. A lot of the class, they were asleep, and uh, the teacher was pretty into it, and a couple of my friends were into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them actually came and talked to me after class, and he was like, wow, Ben, uh, I didn't know that the government lied to us about all this stuff. <laughs> oh, it's just the tip of the iceberg, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I actually said during the report that um, the reason why you probably haven't heard of this is because uh, the public schools are run by the government, so they don't want to nice. make themselves look bad. Ah, excellent. Well done. Well, congratulations. Actually, uh, uh, if any of your viewers want to hear this, can I give out my YouTube profile where I uh, did some videos on this? Sure, yeah. What is it? It's uh, youtube.com forward slash BWS89. Okay, you've got some uh, letters in there, and it's hard to make them out. BWS89. Okay, that is in Ben W. Sam89. Gotcha. Ben, I would also recommend you go to bbs.freetalklive.com. No, that on the end of it. See, that's F. the problem. <laughs> it was What's an it? F, he says, on the end of it. BWF. Go to free. Go to the BBS at freetalklive.com and post a link to your YouTube uh, profile there, and that will uh, that way more people will be able to find it easier. And and thank you for uh, for getting out there and doing that. And I, I'm glad you had fun with it, or at least I hope you had fun with it. Did you? Yeah, I hope I've planted like the seeds of liberty in their heads. Maybe they'll maybe in a few years if they want to attack Iran, they'll start thinking, well, gee, the Civil War, we didn't need to fight that. Maybe we don't need to attack Iran either. You never know, probably, man. I probably think not, but I hope so. I think it's a great point. You never know when those seeds of liberty are going to sprout into something more, and you never know uh, who they're going to really affect uh, more so than you might have thought they were originally going to. So, you know, it's it's important to plant those seeds, and, and congratulations to you for doing it, and keep up the good work, though. I don't know if your teacher has learned her lesson yet. She's going to probably start assigning topics instead of allowing you to choose your own. Well, actually, it was a him, and actually he liked it. He oh, said it was pretty well written. Oh, yeah. excellent. Well, I hope you get an A. And Ben, thank you for telling us about it. Keep us, in the, uh, keep us informed as to your government high school adventures. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Always interested to hear uh, from our younger listeners as to their experiences in discussing freedom-oriented issues in regards uh, to their high school classes. Uh, sometimes they aren't received so well. But the more you can talk about it, the better, right? Yeah, well, you know, you have a captive audience there, and you've got to be there. So you might as well use it uh, as an opportunity to talk about liberty. Absolutely. You're probably going to be the only one that's going to do it. So better that you do it than it not happen at all. Let's continue with your calls. Let's talk to David in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, David. 
Long live the free talk. What's on your mind tonight, sir? Hey, what do you think of the aspect of uh, parental permission nullification? What does that mean? Just what it says is that in school, some schools in some states, if uh, your daughter, say she gets pregnant and she mm-hmm. don't want you to know, she could go to the nurse and they'll set, set her up and go kill your grandchild behind your back. Well... I am in favor of people being able to choose for themselves what they want to do with their own body, and I don't think well, they have any obligation child, to tell you. If you believe that child is, you know, you're the minor and you're responsible, I could love my daughter enough to forgive her, take care of the baby while she finishes her education, settles down until she wants her baby back. Why does the government think that they could kill my grandchild behind my back. Well, there are other organizations like uh, Planned Parenthood that will also give uh, young people birth control and that sort of thing without alerting parents well, to it. Well, say if there was an accident, say if the, and, the, and the girl is just, she don't know, she's just scared about having a baby or whatever, and uh, she made the mistake, and she don't want to come to me, but she doesn't know that I, I will, will handle it very well, you know, and because she's all freaked. And here's well, the government assisting to kill the grandchild. Well, I certainly don't think the government I should be assisting, but I think that uh, young people, if they wish privacy with their medical matters, should be able to have it. Dave, thanks for the call. We'll talk more about this because it's a good issue here in moments. Important issue, I guess. Free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where the features are free. So enjoy those, including the live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. We give them away, so enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. And are you remodeling your kitchen or bath? Now you can purchase knobs, pulls, and faucets at wholesale prices. And support a business that supports Free Talk Live. And that is internobs.com. Save 10% on your order by using code FTL at checkout. That's internobs.com. I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S dot com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, pulls, and more. Internobs.com. 800-259-9231. We'll get back to the calls here in a moment. Just want to continue commenting on the issue that Dave brought up a few moments ago in Montana, and I think it's a it's an important issue to a lot of parents. In fact, I think that you might disagree with, or at least you've certainly disagreed. I think you've disagreed with me on this in the past, Mark. We'll see. Uh, the issue is is a young person, specifically a female uh, young person, who has let's say accidentally gotten knocked up, and she decides that she wants to. It's a little too early in her life, at age sixteen or fifteen or whatever to actually raise a child, and so she's decided that she wants to abort. But for whatever reason, she doesn't feel comfortable talking to dad or mom about it, for whatever that reason might be. Maybe she's afraid of what they'll do to her, or what they'll say, or the punishment that will come down, or that they'll somehow prevent her from doing it. And There are some people that live in fear, some young people that live in fear of their parents. And so I could understand that there would be an at-home situation where, A, your parents didn't talk to you about sex in the first place, you went out, you had sex, you didn't know anything about it, you got knocked up, and you certainly don't feel comfortable talking to mom and dad about what happened to you and the fact that you're pregnant now because they told you 
to not ever have sex until you're married or whatever it is that they told you about sex. Don't do it. But you went out and did it, so you disobeyed them, number one. And number two, they're not going to be happy with your decision to, to have an abortion. Could totally understand why a young person might not want to talk to their parents about that. Ideally, you've in the ideal world, in, a, in an ideal relationship, you as a parent communicate with your young person, with your child, and you talk a lot, and you're open, and you're open-minded, and your uh, your teenager is not afraid to come to you when they're having an issue that they want to, when they want to discuss, and ideally they would come to you and you would talk about these things, and ideally you would respect their decision, whatever it was that they ended up choosing, but there are parents that don't respect their children's decisions, and the children are frightened of them. In that case, there are ways in some places for these young people to go and get the abortion procedure they're looking for without the parents uh, being notified about it. And some parents are very, very upset about that prospect, as it sounded as though Dave in Montana was upset about that happening. And I can understand, you know, you think you own your kids, but you don't. They're their own little person. They may be younger than you. They may be less experienced than you, but they still are their own person, and they should be able to make decisions, even the wrong decision, even a decision that you yourself would not have made in your life or you would rather they not make for their lives. They should be able to make those choices and suffer whatever consequences might come. And if they're frightened to death of talking to you about it, they should be able to make those choices without your knowledge. I think that that is their that's their freedom if they want to choose that. Now, you have no obligation as a parent if you discover this information in my opinion to continue taking care of your child. If you feel as though that uh let's say you accidentally discover that they've gone out and gotten an abortion and it really bothers you, kick them out of the, kick them out of the house. Tell them they can't live with you anymore. In your uh world where uh you you wish there was no government uh you know no course of government for yeah. forcing people to do things, that's fine and dandy. Mm-hmm. But here in the real world where you can't kick your kids out you can't kick your kids kids out you're responsible for everything that goes on um basically for uh, that your kids do from the t- uh, till the time that they're 18 mm-hmm. um you carry all kinds of responsibilities and yeah i do think that uh since they're your ward and the state uh you know puts all kinds of onus upon you and can uh you know do all kinds of terrible things to you as a result that yes if a 16-year-old, 15-year-old girl wants to go and get an abortion, her parents should be notified. Now, I understand... Does that mean they can stop it? It's their child. So the parent could step in and force their child to have a baby? Can they force their child to go to school? Well, I think that's a little bit different, Mark, but... Uh, can they force their child to do, wash the dishes? Well, they can certainly give them incentives, too. I don't think that anyone would say that you could stand over your children with a whip and force them to wash the dishes and... and, and corporally punish them if they don't i don't think that, that i think that right. they should be able to tell the um uh, you know i think that they should be able to tell an organization no you are not allowed to do that they should have the final word not the not the girl what if the girl's going to pay for it they should be able to tell an organization this is my daughter and no you're not allowed to do that in the same way that you should be able to tell an organization like a, a video arcade now or are you saying some place that, that the, the, the daughter wants to go look i don't want my daughter going there if you find her there you must you know let me know or kick her out or whatever are you saying that that's the case in an ideal world or in the world we live in what if we didn't have the government out there to force you to take care of this 16 year old girl anymore and if if you were so upset by her getting an abortion you could just disown her at that point and release her into the world okay you want you want to make your own choices go ahead well now you've got all the choices to make in the world it seems obvious as long as there's a course of force um you know that 
you know, the course of it should be, uh, you know, deal with people fairly. So as long as the co- and if there isn't a coercive force, then what, well, what can you do? It's your ha- she's living at your house. That's the only thing. Okay, so so then in that case, what you're saying is that because there is a coercive force, you are more than willing to utilize that coercive force against your own children if you feel it's necessary. I think that it is. It's not against your own child. What okay. I'm claiming is that um, you know the, the fact is I'm responsible. Do you know what's going to happen? I mean, I have to take care of that baby at that point. The ch- the 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 coercive force says I can't kick my child out if she's 16 year old and 16 years old and has a, a baby a, against my you know better judgment. I say no, you can't have an abortion. Um, so yeah, I absolutely I think that yes, that course of force should be fair and it should be utilized in a fair manner. It should be. How is it consistent. fair? How is it fair to take away an individual's freedom to choose for it's themselves? It's not taking away their their freedom to choose. You t- you already she said she can that. choose whatever um, organization she wants to get an abortion from. I can choose whether or not that organization can interact with my daughter. That's all. Yeah, I don't like that. I, I just I don't know like you that. don't. I don't think you own your kids like that. If your children want to make choices for themselves, they should be able to make those choices, and you should be able to boot them out of your life. What should be the case is you should have a relationship with your daughter that she can come to you when she has a problem like this mm-hmm. and talk to you about yeah. it. Um, you you know, that's what should be the case. But right. the fact is, so what while I am held as the prisoner of the state, then, you know, the, the, the state should be, you know, it should be used fairly. That force and coercion should be used fairly on people. Well, I don't think you could possibly argue that coercion is ever in any way fair. It should be consistent. So what if you've got a situation, Mark, with a young lady raised in kind of a trash, white trash family? Okay. Now, you, you're a nice guy, and you're reasonable, and talk, hopefully sure, your kids sure. will talk to you. Uh, but what if you've got a situation where daddy is violent and alcoholic, he's crazy, and a uh, little girl gets knocked up, she's 16 years old, and this law is in place that you are demanding here that uh, forces young people to inform, or a doctor or whoever, to inform parents and allow them veto power, essentially, over, over their daughter. What if uh, the girl is so frightened that she's going to be abused and beaten when she comes home if, if you know, dad finds out that she's pregnant and that she wanted an abortion, that she may face dire consequences, bodily, physical harm? You're okay with that, just, you know, so long as... The, the state will follow through and be consistent. What about her mother? I don't know about her mother. We're talking about her dad. Maybe her mom will abuse her, too. Well, what about you, she's you got do parents understand that beat which, her? Which you're advocating. In, in your world, where this parent would do such a thing, she, she still has the option of running away, right? Uh-huh, sure. sure. 16-year-old girls run away every day in America. Sure they do. Yeah. So I don't see a big difference. It's already happening. Well, in the world you're describing... They would be forced to call the parents, and then she could face some serious harm. So I don't understand what your point is. Well, um, she wouldn't be forced. Well, for one, she can have the baby at all kinds of uh, organizations out there will take care of her, and then mm-hmm. she can have the child. Maybe she doesn't want to go through the pregnancy. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of problems with so being underage. you're saying it's okay, just throw the kids to the wolves. It doesn't matter if some kids get beaten as long as you'll be informed when your daughter gets pregnant. Look, all I'm trying to say is that the people of, you know, majority that are, you know, under the law should be treated fairly in these circumstances. That's all I'm saying. And 
if if you're going to tell me that I have to take care of this child and I have to take care of its child, and uh, you know I've got all these these onuses that the state puts upon me, then yeah, I should be able to choose whether or not my daughter gets an abortion. But you would prefer that those onuses not be there, in which case then you would say the teenager should be able to choose for themselves if she can take care of herself. If if in choosing she choose she, she can chooses choose to independence. Take care, yeah, she can take care of herself and independence. Then you're okay I would with, be fine that. with that. Okay, great. More on the way. Hour three is coming up. You can bring up whatever's on your mind, Don, in Pennsylvania, and your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We roll right into your phone calls. Coming up, we'll talk about Special K, not the cereal. Let's go to uh, talk to Don in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Don. Don in Pennsylvania going once. Don in Pennsylvania going twice. Okay, we're He's, here. There he is. What's on your mind, Don? Anyways, uh, to get you really off subject, uh, I called back about two or three months ago while that gal was in the uh, local j- jail there. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, the one that was uh, complaining about her car, or she was in there for a month, Girl her driver's com- license or whatever. Complaining about her car. Where was this? I believe it was in New Hampshire up there with you guys. Hmm. Oh, well, Lauren Canario, maybe? She was driving yeah. without a, a registered car or driving without a license? or I, for, I even forget what the the issue was. There was some car registration. Without a driver's license. Yeah, was, is that what you're referring to? Well, anyways, I called in, you know, to jog your memory. But anyways, uh, i got to go back to that to jog your memory. But uh, uh, anyways, you always say about your property taxes. Yeah, they're and awful. Then, but, Pardon? The, my property taxes are absolutely awful. Uh, yeah, but the question is, whose property is it? Well, I believe it is mine. I've paid for it, and I occupy it. No, you only paid to live in it. And every year, you pay the county, which owns it, a, a right to live in it. Yeah, but... You're the, renting their property, because whenever you actually bought it, what happened was, you went up to the bank, the banker said, okay, we'll, we'll give you credit to buy the, the house. But before you do that, you're going to register the house or register the deed. Once you register it, you freely give the county your house. Well, I understand what you're saying. You're saying that the government people play this legal game uh, with with people that purchase houses and cars and that legally the government has certain pieces of paper that it will claim gives them ownership over your property if it comes down to some sort of a dispute like that. But in the, you know, in the real world outside of legal land, I I paid for this property, and I occupy the property, so therefore, as far as I'm concerned, it is my property, and I think most people would agree that it is my property, so eventually, if we get enough people here who believe, as I do, that they also own their property, and they and we all decide to stop paying all or a portion of property taxes, then what can they really do, Don? Well, they'll they'll just, you know, have someone else buy it. Remember, it is theirs because... 
you at the very onset gave it to them. Well, I own they an say acre they, of land. They say I that here had in to team, hand that man twenty-five thousand notes. Well, I didn't give it to them. That was not my intention. Right. To Hold do. on, you can't. It would be. I understand what you're saying. That if if you know somehow you accidentally or you know through a subterfuge give uh, give something to someone that it's theirs. But that's not so. That's not how the law recommends it. Um, you know, recognizes that that would be fraud. If I don't understand that I'm giving the county or the municipality my house, then I'm not giving it to them. Do you understand? Oh, well, what I'm saying is just like the car. Or at least in Pennsylvania, I don't know about New Hampshire, Florida, California, or anything else. But in Pennsylvania, it actually says that in order to register the automobile, you must give us the certificate of origin, which in this case would be the deed, in order to register it. Mm -hmm. If you never register it, what laws apply to you? You never signed a contract. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying there. It's just that the contract, even the contract that they put in front of you is not really valid because you didn't really understand it when you signed it. And in order to have a valid contract, both parties have to really understand what it is that they're getting into and come to a meeting of the minds before the the signatures are put on the uh, the dotted lines. And besides, they don't even sign their contracts. It's a a one-party signature, which seems kind of a weird contract. I guess you can have contracts like that. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just letting you know that's that's why every year you have to pay the county property tax, and they tell you that that that's the counties. Well, I understand what you're saying. I just think that if we had enough people around here that believe differently, that things would go differently. That if people just stopped paying and they said, screw you, then what could they do about it? I mean, yeah, they could go around and start throwing people out of their houses, but then that kind of ruins their veil of legitimacy and it really shows them to be a, a gang of uh, violent people as opposed to a legitimate government in the first place. So well, from what I mean, understand, Don, uh, from what the people I've talked to here in Keene, New Hampshire, they don't take people's houses uh, around here. They'll put liens on your house, which means it'll be difficult to sell it, but they don't actually take people's houses. That's not to say it's not done in New Hampshire. It is in uh, in Winchester, New Hampshire. I think they've got like six people's houses that are up for a tax sale right now. So it, it is certainly happens in the way that you describe it, but not always and not everywhere. Well, I'm, I'm just letting you know that, like I said, I had to pay 25,000 notes for my acre. I went and put a septic tank and a well in, my cash, you know, mm-hmm. 50 grand by the time it was all said and done. I have a bill of sale and I have a deed in my hand. The county has never sent me a tax, anything. They've never. Se- I don't exist to them. Wait a minute. You you've got you have land that they don't tax. Correct. That's how it's done. You actually have to go and pay cash. If I, you bought a two hundred thousand dollar house, you got to hand them two hundred thousand. But I did pay cash. Okay. Then why did you give the deed to the county? I didn't. You never did. I, I've never given the county anything. So you don't think there was any paperwork you signed during the closing? I can market? tell you they haven't sent me any um, any uh, bill for taxes. It only happens twice a year. But it's already – how long have I owned that property? I haven't yet? gotten one yet this year. Um, I There's already been one gone out. I bought it in uh, the end of the end of last year, you know, quite a few months into last year. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question. Well, we'll you know, the, the, here's the other question, okay? If you really think it's your house and you try to add on – the first thing you have to do is go and get their permit or permission to add on to what you think is your house. If it was really yours, why do you have to go and ask them 
for permission. Well, again, I, I understand what you're saying, and I generally agree with yeah, where, absolutely with where true. you're the coming fact is, from. The, the, the fact is that the, the government, you know, the local government owns your home because if you try not to, you know, try adding on without their permission and try not paying your taxes, and you'll find out who owns it. Sure. Well, they'll, that they'll, is, if they own it, then it's their property. They can do anything that they want. They are the landlord. Yeah, you're making good points, Don. Yep, the and thank evidence you, is, is in your corner. Thank you for the call. Certainly appreciate it. Uh, and and I used to say things like that on on the air. It hasn't been long since I've said things like that. If if it would uh, please either one of you, could I send you a thing about the car? And afterwards, uh, oh, I'm familiar with it. I'm familiar with the manufacturer's certificate of origin. I understand exactly uh, what that's yeah, all yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, this is you know, along with it, there's only three pages you actually have to read. The other well, I can tell you, I don't have a, evidence. Yeah, I can tell you, I don't have a lot of time for that sort of thing. You're welcome to send us stuff. I mean, we can't guarantee anything, though, Don. So I might take a look at it. Yeah, so uh, you can get the information from our website at freetalklive.com. Thank you for the call tonight. All right. 800-259-9231. Look, I, I've said things like that in the past that you don't know. If you, if you have to pay taxes and they can take your property, then you don't own it. That makes sense. It makes logical sense as far as the logic of the madness of the government is concerned. But I think that that can change. I think that with enough people that that can change. If you bring activists together into the same place and those activists decide, well, we think we own our property and we're going to act like we own our property. We are no longer going to ask for permission to make changes to our property and we are no longer going to pay uh, the the suggested amount on the property taxes. Maybe we'll pay a fourth of it. Maybe we'll pay half. Maybe we'll play, pay zero percent. But we're not going to play by your rules anymore because we aren't interested in participating in the coercive society. What if a bunch of people did something like that? How would that change the way the government behaves? Would they ignore you? Or would they start throwing people out in the street in mass? I don't know what they would choose to do. I really don't. I think it depends on the bureaucrats that are in charge. I think it depends on the the makeup of the city council that you might be dealing with. I mean, we've seen that here in New Hampshire, the government bureaucrats behave differently in these situations. So it's unpredictable how these people will respond. That much is true. But I think that things would be different because the regular way things operate is that everyone does what the government tells them to do. Unless they can get away with making a change, in which case they'll get away with it. If they do, you know, if it's like internal painting your house inside and you're supposed to ask for a permit but you don't, no one will ever know. There's a lot of that stuff that goes on, but most people are very obedient. What happens when people stop obeying? It's Free Talk Live. Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. We've got over 340,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there, and it's all free. So go to bbs.freetalklive.com to get interactive. bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections. They do early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to keep um, collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. 1-800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls. Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Oh, 
Hi, hon. Hi, Paula. Uh, there was something that you were talking about, a couple of things. Um, one about this young lady, you know, if, if your daughter became pregnant or whatever, but, you know, you have to stop and think about this. If they had been the proper parents and raised her right and raised her in the way of God, this wouldn't have happened. What is the way and, of God? How would you well, honey, change? The thing is, you, you, don't, you don't kill innocent children. I mean, God sends every I child see. here. You are his child. His spirit is in you from the time you're conceived. Paula, what would let's talk about raising a child in the way that Paula thinks is appropriate. No, I'm saying, what? no, raise her in the church like she should be. And hmm. teach her the right things that God would want her to know. What are the basics? Because uh, Mark's a new father, and uh, maybe he could get some tips from you, Paula. What is it that you would? I mean, if you, I know, I know you've had kids in the past, but uh, if you had a, a new baby girl or boy, what would you tell them as they were getting older about sex and relationships, and what would uh, be Paula's message to her children? Well, I would teach them in the way of God. Like I said, I mean, mm-hmm. there are laws that that is set by. I mean, God puts you at responsible for this child, mm-hmm. and the father is over his family. And the thing is, is that they need to put this child in in into church as quickly as possible. They need to sit down and you know try to help to teach her that things that she needs to be taught. And I mean, you know, and let her know that she's God's child and that He loves her. And that, you know, I mean, there's just... Now, wait a minute. Okay, that's that's all fine and good if you're a religious person that, you know, you want to teach your kids about the, the whatever God you believe in. But well, God, what, sure. if, what if, uh, you know, the, your daughter or son is, is getting older and they're, they're going through puberty and they're starting to change how they feel about the opposite sex or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, maybe they even are interested in the same sex. But what if they come to you and they say, Mom, um, all these kids are talking about sex at school. What's all that about? What would you tell your kids about sex, Paula? What would be the okay, conversation? Okay, it's what you're taught from God Himself. Okay, a young lady does not get sexually involved with a young man until they're married. Okay, this is totally wrong. Hmm. And I mean, we sat down and we talked to our daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we let her know that you know this was not a- approved, and I mean, this was you know she could not do this, and we explained to her why that until she is married. She cannot have a sexual relationship with any person. I mean, mm. this is now, just the way it is. Paul, I mean, you, you had a son too, right? Yeah, we had three sons. Yeah. Did, did the uh, did the sons get the same talking to? Yeah, well, we sat them down and talked to them all together. Yeah. I just I would, I'm just wondering because it seems like uh, they were raised in the church from the time they were young. Sure. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems like in this society, and I'm not certainly not pointing any fingers at you, but that uh, men have you know they're sort of told different things when they're young to, to women. I was I was essentially told uh, you know uh, go, by my father, go out and get what you can, son. Well, that would not be a god. According to Paula, that would not be a godly way of of raising you, Mark. I don't think my dad uh, was a big Christian. So there at the time. Okay, well, but now Paula, let's put this in the you know the the world, the perspective, I guess, of young people today. The fact is they're uh, they're surrounded by sexual influence and uh, pop culture that okay. is certainly oversexed. Mm-hmm. And what is what if? Um, how would you define sex with your children? Let's say you're having that conversation and you okay. you say to them, oh, you should not have sex, or God says you shouldn't have sex until you're married, and they say, well, Mom, what is sex? I, we sat down and talked to them about this. Mm-hmm. We explained exactly how they became, you know, how they were conceived. We explained everything to them. 
Really? I mean, how graphic were you about this? Well, I, you don't have to be that graphic, but I mean, you know, we explain it to them, you know, mm-hmm. how, how the egg and sperm come together, you know, that a husband and wife yeah. have a sexual relationship. Okay. I mean, we explain pretty much everything to them, right? All together. So, okay, so the definition of sex, is it strictly intercourse, or does it involve other orifices, uh, different sort of alternative methods of uh of You know sex? what God says, that if a man turns away from his wife... Sexually, this is a sin. If he turns away from his wife, he pleasures himself in some other way. If you're in a marriage and, 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 you know, this is just the way it is. I mean, you're not allowed to do this. So wait, does that mean that self-pleasuring in a marriage is a sin? He he expects you to enjoy your life. He wants you to enjoy your life together. So therefore, if it's if your wife goes out on a business trip and you're all lonely by yourself, it's is it a sin to self pleasure? I'm just asking questions. Question. I'm it's just a good trying question. to well, I mean, understand. Uh, uh, he gives us the, our sexual urges. This is inside of us, right? Okay? Right. But the thing is, is that if things are right between you, I mean, this shouldn't be necessary. But I mean, I mean, there's something should... to be said. I mean, from what I understand, now I don't have, I don't think I have the same sexual drive as some guys. But from what I understand, there are some guys that self pleasure multiple times a day. Uh, whereas, let's just say you're once a week, but your wife goes away for three weeks. I mean, you my, know, my wife just gave well, can't birth. Can't you be patient? <laughs> <laughs> three weeks is, uh, is is quite a long time. But my wife just gave birth, and um, you know. It, She's not interested, Paula. Oh, really? Hey, it's been... This is part of it, okay? Her hormones right now are sort of messed up. Oh, yeah, okay? absolutely After true. childbirth. I... And the thing is just she's going sort of like through a female thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she'll come around. Just be very loving, sure, very sure. patient. I, I don't have any doubt. I don't think you have any doubt about that, Mark, that you're going to be able to, to uh, pleasure your wife in the, in the future. Uh, but, but in this downtime, Paula, are you saying that – it's inappropriate or ungodly to pleasure oneself. I mean, if what you said is true, and that is that we are here to enjoy life, and that's what God wants, would then you have a happy life. Yes. Wouldn't it be part of enjoying life to pleasure oneself? Well, if if you needed to satisfy yourself, you know, with yourself. But I mean, the thing so that's is, okay. You, should, you don't go you to hell for have, that. You should not have. I mean. You should try to control yourself, okay? Mm, okay. And I mean, what's and the maximum number of times per <laughs> stop week? Stop it! Stop it! Leave that. These lady are alone. natural <laughs> questions. I gotta know. What's the, the maximum is, number of times per week? As far as restricting the amount of self-pleasuring. I don't think you should re- have to restrict it, but I mean, the thing. So is, just I mean, follow your instincts, then. I mean, if it's five times a day, go for it. If it's five times a week, once a week, whatever. Yeah, because I mean, you're not supposed to turn away from your spouse that way. Matter of fact, you even sleep in the. Uh, but is there a punishment? It, it's not it's necessarily turning no. away. It's just that she's busy at that time, wait, and you're wait, horny. Be patient. But, but, but hold on just a second, Paula. Um, you just said something about not supposed to sleep in the other bed. Now I was uh, there's <laughs> there's a place in Sarasota, Florida called the the Ringling uh, the, the Ringling Mansion. It's at the Ringling Museum of Art, and uh, actually they've used it. It's called the Katasan, and they uh, they used it for a couple of filmings. Uh, uh, I think it was Great Expectations. Yeah. John Ringling slept in a different room from his wife. Is that a sin? I'm actually going to hold Paula over because uh, this is a fascinating conversation. Paula, hang on. We're going to bring you back. Hold on. We're going to give you plenty of chance to answer. Hang on. 800-259-9231. Do you have a sex question for Paula or a relationship question? She's here to answer all your questions from her whatever godly biblical perspective she's got. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those. Uh, They include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo, prove they listen to the show. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. If diets aren't working for you, just keep on shoving food in your face. There's a uh, good system that works out. You can check out uh, the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month, and he's kept it off. You can see the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. That's NotFatAnymore.com. We go back to an extended session with Paula in Florida. Uh, You're back on Free Talk Live. We started talking about sex, Paula, and you're a very religious lady. Uh, You're very biblical, and you've got a very uh, defined belief system, which is why I like to ask you questions, because I, as a uh, non-believer, I guess, am curious about your belief system and what rules it entails and what rules you live by. And so we were talking about sex. And, Mark, you had started to ask a question. Go ahead and recap that, if you would, please, while we have Paula here. Paula had uh, mentioned that... uh, Let me check. Paula, you are still there, right? Okay, okay, go ahead, Mark. Uh, that uh, stepping outside of the marriage bed uh, was a sin, and I was kind of wondering what she meant by marriage bed. Does she mean sleeping apart is a sin? Paula? Yes. So, so if you, you are married... You are one. When you're married, you are one. So, so if, that means one bed? So if you are... No, you're one together. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, if, so if you are not sleeping in the bed with your wife, perhaps sleeping on the couch, that is a violation of God's law. Now, when my wife was pregnant, um, she was... She was snoring like a chainsaw, okay? <laughs> and uh, for a few nights, uh, I had decided that... Uh, I Actually, when, when we... I, I uh, got some earplugs. No, I, I did I did sleep outside of the bed uh, for a few nights, because, uh, but then I realized I didn't like it, and uh, I found that you know putting earplugs in helped me, so I could sleep next to her once I got some earplugs in, and then no, once she had fine. the baby, I moved, you know, I, I moved away for a few days, and then I came yeah. back, too. Well, God understands what's going on. He sees everything. Good old God. Okay. All right. And he loves you. And I mean, you know, he he knows we're not perfect. Okay. Nobody's perfect on this. So earth. does that mean that you'll go to hell for self-pleasuring uh, while you're married or prior to? No. Okay. All right. What sort of sexual things would result in a trip to hell? Well, uh, like you know, going against his laws. Like I said, uh, uh, coveting another man's wife. Um, you know, uh, I mean, now define your covet. brain a little bit. Now, wait, now when you say covet, what does that mean? Like, the, you, you know, know the like no- having an affair with, you know, another man's okay. wife. Okay, an or affair, I could see. Successfully that. coveting. Okay, okay. Cause, so it's one thing to have an affair, but it's another thing to walk down the street and be attracted to another lady. It's it's okay to be attracted, but to not act on the attraction? You shouldn't be even thinking it. Oh, come on, Paula. Now, you I'm know. I'm serious. You, you know that your husband, I mean, as much as he loves you. When he walks down the street and sees an attractive young lady, he can't help himself. Doesn't mean she's married. She only well, said you another may say, wife. well, you know, she's an attractive girl or something, but I mean, as far as any feelings go, oh, you don't stuff feel like that. But, I mean, you know, there are very attractive women out there and guys, and I mean, sure, you're going to notice whether they're attractive or not. Okay, okay. So it's okay to look but not touch, basically, right? That's right. Okay, I got it straight. I think you know, and I think that there's a difference between you know, sort of lusting and thinking. 
darn, she's she's good looking. And um, then stepping a little farther than, you know, just going into this whole, uh, you know, thought process, letting her uh, occupy your mind for mm-hmm. days and weeks at, um, you know. That would be an obsession, time. yeah. Now, um, you said that that uh, coveting another man's wife. What about uh, if if I'm married and I just think about a single girl? You mean during no. sex? Not during sex. But, oh, okay. You know, no. That, no, that's not a sin or no, that's not acceptable? It's not acceptable. Somehow I knew that. What about the gays, Paula? What about the gays? What did uh, God do to Sodom and Gomorrah? I don't know. You better find out. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm Give serious. Me a hint. He I'm serious. Them. He destroyed them. Now, were Sodom and Gomorrah gay folk? Uh, that, yes. that's, that's the allegation. Yes. Okay. How did he destroy them exactly? What was that process? He just, I mean, he caused the fire to come out of the fire. sky, and I mean, he destroyed everything. Why do, now? Why why would he hold back on gays that are alive today? I mean, why not just strike them down? They're going to answer. They're go, I mean, we're under judgment right now, okay? And hmm. the thing is, they're going to answer for what they've done. And I mean, they just. I don't. I mean, when you're lost, you're lost. And I mean, um, every child here on this earth belongs to God, and He loves you, and He wants you to follow His laws so that you will have a very good and happy life. He wants you to have a long life. You're supposed to live to be 120 years old. And, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, they just weren't taught, I guess, properly by their parents, whatever. I don't know. Well, now, okay, so now it sounds like you don't know very much about being gay, and I don't claim to know a lot about it personally, but I know no. some people who are gay, and, and we've talked to a number of uh, gay people on this show, and many of them will tell you that they've known from a very, very young age that they were attracted to people of their same uh, of their same gender, and it didn't have anything to do with their environment. It was just simply that was their attraction. I mean, do you deny that, Paula? Do you believe that it was something else, that it that it was their parents? Well, you know, the parents have a lot to do with how their children, like, for instance, there are, like I said, there are certain laws, and uh, like, uh, for instance, if you don't take communion, okay, your your family is at stake. If you don't follow, if I don't God's have that laws, grape juice and that little piece of bread, we're in trouble. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. Wow, I haven't had communion in a long time, Paula. Let me well, tell honey, you. Honey, I tell you right now, tonight you better take it. If you missed it on on Passover, you best take it between well, it was two o'clock today till two o'clock tomorrow. Jesus gave gave us thirty days. Yeah, but I mean, it on but if I go and I take, don't worry the about it. I'll do it. I, you get You'll some do it for you me. You get some grape juice and, and some crackers in there. I'll do I'm it. very serious. Matter yeah, but fact, does it do uh, any good Robert, if you do the communion and then you go have sex outside of marriage? Later on the, the same night? I mean, that's not going to help me, right? Uh, no. I am just screwed. I mean, I am just so screwed, according to Paula's rules. Now, well, it's in, not mine. It's God's rules, and a, you need to right. learn his laws. Right, right. Okay. He loves you, hon. You're his child. He sent you here. But, oh, wait. Now, wait a minute. Okay, I don't want to be mean or anything, but if you want to claim that he loves me, then why would he send me to some fiery inferno for making the wrong choices? That doesn't sound because like love. You know, if you know if you know what you're supposed to do and you go against it, you're going to answer for it. Well, I know but, what I'm – in my life, I know that what I'm supposed to do is be happy and enjoy my life. That's right. And as long as I'm not hurting anybody else, that's then right. I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm doing what's right, what's right for me. Because I feel inside what's right for me is to is to enjoy life in the way that I feel is best, not in the way that some old book tells me I should feel or what it, you know some old scripture uh, tells me I should do. Well, hey, God is over all of us, okay? There's no way away from it. And the thing is, 
I mean, as long as you live a good life, you care for people, you help people, you, you, you have a very loving heart. I mean, you're doing, I mean, like God says, listen to your heart. He talks to your heart. What if, is it possible, Paula, in your mind that we're actually all God? Is that possible? We're all God's children. His spirit is put into us at conception. So you believe in a God that is uh, somehow greater than the rest of us. What I'm suggesting is that, is it possible we actually are God's? We are a part of God because we are his spirit. Hmm. I mean, like Jesus says, he's his spiritual son. And I mean, Christianity touches on this a little bit. Does it? It, it, it does, sort of. But, uh, you know, when, when you say that, uh, for, for instance, an amoeba has children, it splits into two. Do you know what I mean? Like, so the amoeba, it's really a piece of the same amoeba. Mm, yes. And so this kind of, what you're talking about there, that every one of us is a little piece of God, uh, fits right. into the scheme of Christianity a bit. Interesting. Well, Paula, thanks as always for the call tonight. We certainly appreciate hearing from you. Let's continue with your calls. Have a good weekend, huh? Thank you, Thank Paula. You. Let's talk I'm to a universalist, by the way, and, and the, the point that I just don't believe God would send anyone to hell. Yeah, yeah, that seems silly. Yeah, I, I like the idea that uh, that we are essentially on the the leading edge of thought, and that what we're doing here has never been done before, and so uh, everything that we do, everything that we think, is added to all that is essentially, and all that has ever been. Uh, if you want to call that God, then that's just terminology, as far as I'm concerned. I think that as we continue to advance, we're going to see an, a tremendous level of advancement within our lifetimes. To the point where we may actually extend our lifetimes infinitely. And then we may be able to create ever more than we've ever been able to. I mean, we've created amazing things as is. The internet and wonderful buildings and things like that. We're going to be able to create eternal life. Wouldn't that technically make us godlike? More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Of the airwaves via the toll-free number, even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call at 1-800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our uh, website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those. They're free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board with the program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is a simple one. You send in 3 bucks a month. We take it, invest it into the show, and get on more radio stations across the country. Also, get more Internet listeners on board as well. You'll get perks to sweeten the pot a bit. You get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls. It's Randy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Randy. Hey, how you doing, Chief? Just super. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, not bad. We got off of work tonight and uh, drinking a couple of beers, and we decided that you won't get in trouble by God or go to hell or anything for self-pleasuring yourself, but uh, you might go blind. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe grow a little hair on your palms. I, I, I made that up. You didn't make that. You you were the originator of the go blind cliche? No, it was this other guy over here. I was just taking the credit. Okay. <laughs> hey, right on, man. <laughs> I'd tell on myself, otherwise they'd beat me up. Thank you for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate it. Have fun with your uh, with your beers. 800-259-9231. <laughs> All right. So, the story about Special K. 
from Reuters. Scientists have unraveled how a horse tranquilizer and hallucinogenic nightclub drug known as Special K can ease depression. According to researchers... Drugs are bad. Ketamine, which can also... No, no, no. Illegal drugs are bad, Mark. We can't have no illegal drugs around Special case illegal. Special case bad. Right. So it can also cause feelings of detachment, could pave the way for new treatments for people suffering from depression, say the researchers. Their study, published in the Archives of General Psychiatry, found ketamine restores to normal the orbifrontal cortex, an area of the brain located above the eyes that's overactive in depressed people. Ketamine's illegal. Ketamine's bad. The area is believed to be responsible for feelings of guilt, dread, apprehension, and physical reactions such as a racing heart, said the lead of the study, Bill Deacon. The study results have given us a completely novel way of treating depression and a new avenue of understanding depression, he said. Depression is a leading cause of suicide and affects about 121 million people worldwide. In the study, Deacon and his team gave intravenous ketamine to 33 healthy male volunteers and took minute-by-minute brain scans to see what was happening as the drug took effect. Images from the scans showed that the drug, also used as a battlefield anesthetic, worked quickly. The results were surprising because researchers had expected that the ketamine would instead affect the part of the brain that controls psychosis, he added. He said that there was some activity there, but more striking was the switching off of the depression center. Previous research had shown that ketamine improved symptoms in depressed people after just 24 hours, far faster than the month it can take for Prozac to kick in. But until now, they just didn't know exactly how. The latest findings give researchers a specific target to design new drugs and offer hope for the many people who don't respond to Prozac or other standard medicines. Prozac was initially introduced by blah, blah, blah. Many people don't respond to treatment. This offers a potential way of treating them. Well, that is, if the government gets the hell out of the way and allows people to be treated by ketamine. I don't know what class it's in, but I presume it's in a Schedule 1 class, if not a Schedule 2 at the federal level, where the DEA arbitrarily determines uh, what drugs are, how dangerous, and how illegal they should be. And and if you doubt me when I say arbitrarily, marijuana is in the same category as heroin. Same what? They're two totally different drugs. Sounds pretty arbitrary. One far more benign than the other. Uh, But ketamine is, I'm I'm pretty sure it's up there. And so in order for this to become, I think, a a legitimate treatment in America, we're going to have to see the law changed. And I think we all know how unlikely that is to happen doesn't seem to matter to the DEA. I can't really think of any drug that's been classified as illegal and then brought back and yanked for back. use. Yeah, I mean, I guess heroin, you know, like there's synthetic heroines that you could be prescribed. That's correct. Uh, I, I guess Marinol. Yeah, yeah I, I, they're trying, I suppose. Right. Well, you know, maybe there might be an option out there, but right now, as far as I understand it, ketamine is illegal, and generally they don't like to change their little setup. So I, I wish them the best of luck on this. There's bureaucrats whose jobs could be lost. Well, you know? that is the case. And but as long as they can keep it somewhat illegal, um, then they're they're fine. Because I mean, even though you can get uh, you can get prescribed, uh, you know, some kind of uh, heroin or morphine t- mm-hmm. type thing it, to get it illegal, so it's very very illegal. So as long as they can keep it partially illegal with prescriptions and that kind of thing, you might see it uh, used. Well, we'll find out, I guess, over time. But uh, what I'd like to see is more studies like this being done. I'd like to see the uh, availability for these drugs to be studied. And in many cases, the, the, probably one of the reasons why this was done over at the University of Manchester in London is because it probably couldn't be done legally here in America. 
There are some people that are studying ecstasy also to uh, to help people deal with their psychological problems and to help them cope with uh, physical or mental abuse in their past, and they found that it's very useful for that. MDMA, by the way, is the actual drug. It was my understanding that it w- at one point was a prescription drug. Uh, I don't know if it was ever prescription. I think it, at one point it was just legal. Okay. I don't know if it was prescription. That's a good question. Uh, but... But basically, the studies that are being done on MDMA have to be done quietly. They, they're they essentially black market studies where these, uh, psych, I guess they're psychiatrists? I'm not sure. Psychologists, psychiatrists. Anyway, these uh, people that are doing these studies, they have to acquire the drugs through the black market, and they have to secretly d- administer their drugs to their patients, and it's all very hush-hush. But from what they've found so far, things are very promising. And there are some wonderful things that many of these drugs can do. I mean, even, you know, cocaine is prescribable. You can't actually get, I, mean, I, I guess it's prescribable for a hospital environment in that you can, it can be used to, to numb things, I think, in, mm-hmm. in a hospital environment, but you can't, I don't think you can get it at home. So they have acknowledged that there's some legitimate use for some of these drugs, some mainstream use outside of, uh, moni- outside of altering one's consciousness. I don't see how they could deny it. Well, they, they deny it with marijuana. All over the place. Well, they 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 allow marinol. I mean, you know, obviously not regular marijuana. But that's terrible. Still different. It's, it's the strangest thing with marijuana. It seems to be the most illegal of drugs. It's because they make so much money on the war on drugs with marijuana. Yeah. If it wasn't for marijuana, there would be no war on drugs because there just there isn't enough of that other stuff oh, out there, know. and it isn't as easy to find. Yeah, they'd still war. I think they'd still do the war because they'd still get a money, even if they weren't finding. They'd things. be far less successful. But that doesn't matter to government, Mark. Remember, that's an excuse for more money. It, it does matter to it some extent. It doesn't have the really. same. It doesn't have the same sort of uh, market responses that the free market does. But you know, if if they're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars finding just bullcrap here and there, yeah. But is the drug war only judged by how much drugs they find? It seems that that's what they tout as their successes. Well, that's all they can tout is, oh, look, here's a stack of cash, here's a stack of drugs. Look, we're winning. But they're not. There are more drugs out there than there's ever been, and there are more drug users out there than there's ever been. The drugs are more dangerous uh, than they've ever been. And so by all factors, the war on drugs is an abject failure, but yet it still continues to be increased. The funding continues to go up. So you have to remember, Mark, that when you're dealing with government, not only do they not have market-based incentives, but their incentives are the the reverse of the marketplace, if not the the perverse, uh, in that... If they fail, if they have, let's say they got rid of marijuana as far as its illegal status, and then mm-hmm. it was just a war on everything else. Well, if it turns out that they weren't really catching a lot of it, that would just mean that the police chiefs would be able to say, well, uh, we need more money. We need uh, more tools to more be cops. successful with our interdiction efforts here. And so their failure is the excuse for a higher budget. In the same way, if they are successful, they can say, look how successful we've been. Now imagine how much more successful we'd be if you doubled our budget. You know, either way, they can make a pitch for more money, and they'll get it. They get it every time. I think that if you saw marijuana legalized, and one of the reasons, what they're, at least what a fear of theirs is, um, perhaps, is the legal, legalization of marijuana would, would put a real dent in the war on drugs, because that is the drug that they find the most. Sure. More than half of the drug arrests in America are for marijuana possession. No, There's no marijuana. doubt about that. And then more than half Mostly of them are possession. possession. It's like 80 plus percent simple possession. And, you know, the rest of them are mostly 
people that were possessing marijuana, but they possessed a certain quantity, or they possessed them in multiple baggies to where they got charged with a distribution charge, but they probably weren't even dealers. They probably just... If you have, uh, if you buy it in in bulk, you know, right. you, you buy quarter pound or something. Yeah, a QP to take home. Um, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a dealing charge, even though yep. you were gonna smoke it. You were just gonna keep that for yourself. Put it in the freezer or something, and sure. just pick at it. Sure. So they're just. I mean, the statistics, even the statistics are kind of twisted. But either way, imagine if you're one of these uh, people that uses marijuana for medicinal purposes. You can't run out, and you you probably have to smoke several times a day in order to uh, keep yourself normal or the closest to thing to normal that you can get. So, yeah, you're going to have to have quantity. 1-800-259-9231 was the number. Don't know why I'm giving it to you now, because we're done with the show for tonight. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online in the meantime between now and tomorrow night, which will be the live Saturday show, online at freetalklive.com. We'll see you tomorrow night. The Cynic says... I started losing my hair, and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The Believer says, I started using Avacor two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Evacor and receive Boost just for trying Evacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com.